Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, March 11th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. And I welcome all of you to the show and glad you could all tune in and spend this hour with me on this Monday. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you uh, for your calls in advance and your calls will drive the show, will drive the topics on the show and allow me to better better serve you. Uh, I could ultimately talk about whatever is on my mind, whatever I think is important, but ultimately you want to hear what is important to you. And that's my goal uh, and Steve's goal each and every weekday. So if you have a question, I urge you to Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. Now, there's obviously no requirement that you call, but when you do participate in our efforts, uh, the show is just made better, and you can shape the show to your liking. Now, remember, our goal here on Invest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom by making you a better investor, and at KPP and on Invest Talk, our philosophy is independent thinking, right? We don't want to think like the CNBCs of the world. And shared success. We want to ride along. You want I want we want you to ride the success wave with us. Now today in this hour, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do my best to help you forge a path to financial freedom. And we're gonna do this together. It's our goal. One step at a time. It's this isn't something that you're gonna learn in one day or one week or even one year. This is a constant learning experience and applying what you have learned throughout. Uh, our shows and and your other studies and your other work to make better financial decisions. Hopefully, we're not the only outlet that you find information from, but maybe we're your go-to, and we hope that as well because uh, you'll you'll learn the basics of thinking, maybe not with the crowd, thinking about value investing, which tends to do better over time. So our anytime listener line is open now, and I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart Now, what happened in the market today? Boeing opened the day down 12%. It recovered somewhat, but it was a big drag on the Dow. And the reason is because there's been two fatal crashes recently, one in October, and the second was yesterday uh, in Ethiopia that killed 150 people. And it's odd because both conditions, both had good weather conditions, and there was there's not a, a clear cut reason for both of these going down, except for they were both Boeing 737 Max jetliners, and this may ground all of them worldwide until they figure out the problem. China and Indonesia has already grounded these planes, 
And investors aren't happy about this because maybe they have to go and redesign the whole plane. Or maybe it's just a small fix. Uh, either way, uncertainty is never good for any company. So we're going to talk uh, about, or th that was a big, uh, big thing. And that just goes to, to show you why you need to have diversification. Uh, and you never want to overload your financial picture with one particular stock because things like this can happen. Not to say it's going to ruin Boeing's business entirely, but you're talking about company-specific risks that have nothing to do with the overall market or the economy. Now, what does have to do with the overall market and the economy is U.S. retail sales. They rose by 0.2% in January. December's reading of minus 1.2 was revised downward to minus 1.6. And January figures, excluding cars and gas, rose by 1.2%. So overall, it was a continuation of a weak consumer picture. Okay, And that is... Going along with the gist of what we've been talking about recently on the show is the economy is slowing, both globally, but as well as here in America. It's been slowing globally for a while now. The bear market in global stocks started in January of last year, whereas the bear market in domestic stocks started in October of last year. So there's, you know, what is that, nine-month lag? But overall, it's just showing how you're seeing a slowing uh, economy. Now, Federal Reserve Chairman Jeremy Powell, sorry, Jeremy, Jerome Powell, made an appearance on 60 Minutes last night, and he sees high levels of employment, low levels of unemployment, which go hand in hand, and wages are going up, which he likes, and he does not see a recession this year, but predicts the Fed will be patient with regards to rate hikes this year, which isn't really uh, a change from where he's been talking in the public before been pretty much the same. So no real big change on that front as well. So those are the big market moving events today in the in, in the market that the market rallied on. The S&P was up about a percent and a half. Small caps were up 1.8%. The Qs were up 2.2%. So it was a very, very risk on day after a week, right? Last week was very, very risk off. It was, uh, in charting terms, it was a bearish engulfing candle on the weekly chart of all the major indexes, and that, at major resistance, around 2800 on the S&P, tells me that there's likely going to be more downside. Now, does that mean you can't have days like today? No. Um, but it'll be very interesting. If we can close on a weekly basis above last week's high, that would change my view of at least the medium term outlook for the overall markets. Because we reversed strongly on high volume from a major resistance level. And if you can recover the highs of that week on a closing basis of any particular week going forward, that's going to be a nice bullish signal for the overall market. So now, you can, as you can tell, there's a lot of market news to talk about today, so I really want to hear from you, hear what you're thinking. Are you bullish, bearish? What areas of the market are you looking to invest more in? What stocks do you have questions on? But first, we're going to grab a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, Justin, this is Isaac calling from Concord. Hey, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on tandem diabetes. 
ticker symbol T-N-D-M. Thanks a lot, you guys. Look forward to hearing it. All right. T-N-D-M is the symbol. And Tandem is a biotech company. And clearly, by the name, they're focused on diabetes. It's a medical device company that develops some product, products for, for people with insulin-dependent diabetes. The firm has three key insulin pump products uh, that are fairly innovative, it, it seems. And the big question is, is this a name that you want to invest in? Now, they're starting to, they're still losing money, and they projected to lose money both this year and next year, but it's a major difference from where we were just a few years ago. 2014, they lost $34.20 a share. And then 2015, only 25, 27 dollars. In 2016, 12, almost 13 dollars. In 2017, last year only two dollars and eight fifty-five cents in the loss column. And this year, like I said, only negative uh, 70 cents. So they're still losing money, but a lot less than they have in the past. Uh, it's a 3.7 billion dollar market cap. And let's see if their debt levels are after those years and years of. Uh, of losses, are they going to be able to uh, turn a profit at some point? That's the big question. That's what you're really trying to focus on. And in this case, I like to look at cash flows. You know, earnings are one thing, but cash flows are another. Uh, let's see. Look at free cash flow. Last quarter was 13 million dollars, which is now positive, which is very nice. Their cash flow operations still is a negative, but they're now cash flow positive, and that's what I, and that's uh, pretty much for the first time in the company's history. So that's a good sign. Now the the big question is, what is the growth trajectory of this name, and can they grow into that 3.7 billion dollar market cap, that 65 dollars a share price? You know they're going to need to get to somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three dollars a share in earnings to make this current price look relatively attractive. Now they're growing earnings, uh, growing sales by 89% last quarter. Uh, they made two cents a share, two whopping cents a share in the fourth quarter, but it's their first profitable quarter in history, which is a nice positive. Uh, if, if you're looking for exposure to the, the medical space, a fast-growing name, I, I kind of like it. I think the, the, the trajectory of the chart, which is a nice solid uptrend, it only started kind of uh, early part of last year. Looks good, but you're obviously chasing it. It was at $2 and change in early part of last year, and now we're at 65. So you're chasing this performance at a much higher valuation than we've seen in the past, and it's going to take a lot of growth to um, to to grow into this. So I like it more long term, but understand this is going to be a very very volatile name. And if they go back to a loss, say next quarter, uh, this could easily lose 20%. So understand it's extremely high risk, but I like the trend of the business as well as the chart. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we're counting down the hours until Steve's full day of no-cost portfolio review consultations this Wednesday. And I believe he's full, but if you do want to still meet with him, he will have dates in April that you can call or go to investtalk.com, send us an email, and we'll set up those time that time for you to meet with Steve. Now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99 chart.
is Invest Talk, and March is moving fast. Now more than ever, you still need unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Justin Klein is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So I get through and ask your question on today's show. We have somewhere around 35 to 40 minutes left in the show, but that time goes by rather quick. So if you're going to call, get it in sooner rather than later. Now, our main talking point today is about a proposal from U.S. Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren about the potential for breaking up the likes of Amazon and Facebook and uh, really trying to have an anti-monopolistic stance towards these big tech companies. And uh, there's certainly a, an argument that they have become, or some of them have become, monopolies. But that's up to Congress to decide. Uh, but certainly this is a trend that is becoming more and more aggressive and there's more talk uh, both in society as well as the political circles about the power of the likes of Amazon and Facebook and some of these other large companies. So we're going to talk about that today. But I also have some other things. We're going to discuss the retail sales report. What does it, what did it look like? What does that mean for the current uh, assessment of the economy? And what does it mean for first quarter growth, right? Because this is the first big sales number or consumer temperature number that we've seen uh, in, for the first quarter. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting to uh, discuss. Also, SEC is planning to crack down on mutual fund sales practices. What does that mean potentially for the industry uh, as well as you? Maybe the mutual fund buyer or owner of mutual funds. I'm sure there's many of you out there. And then lastly, if we have time, Elliott Wave. What does Elliott Wave tell us about where the stock market is likely headed? So we're going to get to that if we have time. But I know it's hard to believe, but we are already started uh, our second full week of March trading, and there's been plenty of market data to consider. And if any of the information discussed on today's program raises further questions in your mind with regard to how maybe the market might affect your financial situation, your portfolio, your strategy, I encourage you to reach out to Steve and myself at KPP Financial. You can call our Irvine, California office at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Get your call in sooner rather than later. We have about thirty minutes left in the show. Now today's main discussion point is the proposal from Senator Elizabeth Warren 
that is pushing to break up the likes of Amazon, Facebook, and Google. And this plan was unveiled on Friday to break up these names. And it's the first big proposal yet in regards basically to the 2020 presidential race to limit the growth of Silicon Valley. Now what she wants to do is make big, quote, big structural changes to the tech sector to promote more competition. And that would include breaking up Amazon, Facebook, and Google. You know, these companies have been under scrutiny for data security and consolidation of their services, such as e-commerce and digital advertising, and just the domination uh, that they have over the internet in, in many aspects. Now, today's big tech companies, this is what Elizabeth Warren says, today's big tech companies have too much power, too much power over our economy, our society, and our democracy. And she says they have hurt small businesses and stifled innovation. Now, it does not mention Apple, which I think is pretty interesting, and uh, because they've been sued in court for their domination and control over the App Store, right? And the fact that they charge, uh, they take a 30% toll on revenue coming in from, from the App Store. So the big question, I think, is this political theater or is this something that could actually come to fruition? And I think the answer is yes and no. It's clearly political theater. right? Anytime a politician comes out and says they're fighting for the little guy, Typically, that's either to just to garner votes, to create an image within their constituents or their area of the country or just maybe the country overall, that they are in it for the little guy. And I think as we know from decades of political theater and political jockeying, that most politicians on the hill are more out for themselves than for the little guy, right? And to me, in this case, I see this as a ploy for Elizabeth Warren, who will likely run for president, I believe she announced, didn't she, uh, as a platform stance in her run for the Democrat Democratic bid. You know, each side of the political aisle, you're seeing a race to more extreme, right? Who can come up with the most extreme policies that can be used as a platform for a presidential run or a run in the Senate or Congress? And I don't see this changing. This is a continuation of the trend of populism that is becoming pervasive throughout the world, right? Whether you like Trump or not, you, you have to say that he's a populist, or at least he ran as a populist. You can argue whether his policies are populist, but he ran as a populist. 
And this is not an anomaly. This is something that just go along, goes along with the political trend that we see worldwide. Uh, so, and as you've seen with Trump, is I, I don't think anyone could argue that his policies, impl policy implementation, have been nearly as populist as his rhetoric on the campaign trail. And I think that's going to be the case for almost all politicians, right? They talk about extreme measures, but when you get down to it, the policies that you can implement or uh, that they want to implement tend to be less extreme. So I see this more as political theater to some degree, but I do think there will be policies down the pipeline in the next two, three, four, five years that puts more legislation on Silicon Valley and the use of data. Even Europe has done it uh, with some of the rules that they've implemented on how, what these companies can do, what type of da data they can collect. So is this political, political theater? Yes. Will there be more legislation and restrictions on Silicon Valley and these large companies? I think yes. Will there be a breakup of Facebook and Amazon and Google into different entities and smaller entities? I'm going to say unlikely. But how extreme will the legislation be and how much will that affect profits is something that will need to be followed and understood. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, just 10 stocks have accounted for 25% of the 10-year bull market run. That's the story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm taking your questions. I'm ready for them, so shoot them at me. 888-99-CHART. I want to hear from you. 888-992-4278. You know what my husband and I really want? I mean, after years of working and saving and investing, we want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. KPP Financial, okay. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 889924278. Let's go to John in San Antonio. He's looking at an ETF uh, called, S or, or the symbol is SKYY, which is 
the First Trust Cloud Computing ETF, correct? Correct. And you currently own it? Are you looking to buy it short-term, long-term? Um, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I've been, I've been keeping my eyes on it since the low 50s, and uh, I like to start a position in it, but uh, I just wanted to take you... Uh, uh, take a, I want you to take a look at it, and you let me know, is this a good time to go in uh, for ETFs such as Sky, or because I think it is at 50, 50 week two highs at this point, isn't it? Uh, it did hit a 52-week high uh, early last week, but certainly sold off with the uh, overall market. Uh, got a nice bounce today. Back near the the 52 Kai, but not quite there. Uh, and this is a name that's certainly going to be heavy in the tech industry and growth stocks. So if those are the names you're trying to get exposure to, then this can be a good way to do that. Now the top holdings are Zynga, Teradata, Netflix, VMware, Facebook, Equinix, Oracle, Cisco, OpenText, and Salesforce.com. Those are the top what 10 holdings. Uh, the big question is: Is this going to be? Is this looking for a short-term hold, medium-term, long-term? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about long-term because I believe you know he, um, cloud computing is the future uh, for all these companies and computers, and I'm looking at it at least for next five years. Yeah, I, I do agree that the the cloud space is one of the most attractive long-term secular trends that will be a great investment place to be as well as create a ton of innovation uh, and efficiencies within our economy uh, across most sectors that exist uh, i think the, the power of the cloud, the power of sharing data and being able to uh, analyze that data in the cloud is something that will, will benefit society as a whole. Um, so I like your thinking. Now, do I like every name within this uh, ETF? I don't. Um, but, and I do, do I like tech stocks and growth stocks in the current environment? I don't. But if you're talking a five plus year hold, I think you're going to do fairly well. So you need to understand that you know the market's likely going to sell off at some point uh, this year in a similar fashion that it did in the fourth quarter, and this will go along with it. You know this went from fifty-five dollars or so back in October, and as soon as October hit, this uh, fell into Christmas Eve like the rest of the market and hit a low around forty-four dollars. So it had a nice healthy sell-off along with the overall market. So you have to be okay with a lot of volatility. 15, 20% swings are going to be the, the norm for this, I think, for, the, for, for a while. But longer term, are the rallies going to be stronger than the sell-offs? I do think so. But you need to be prepared for that and understand the risks involved in this name. But I like it long, long term. Uh, where do you think would be a good entry point for this uh, ETF? 
sub $50, sub $50, and I think it will get there at some point this year. Uh, and if we have a more protracted downturn in the in the markets, I mean, I can see this getting into the 30s, to be frank, um, but it's hard to know that. It's hard to, I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, um, but if I'm looking at the chart today and looking at support levels, that high $40 level, uh, you know, 48, 49, that's an area that I think would be nice, strong uh, support. But once again, it's going to be more volatile than the market as a whole, and you need to be prepared for that. Thanks for the call, John. 888 chart, 888 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's touch a little bit on the retail sales report and, and what this means for the, the economy. Uh, a month after the biggest decline in retail sales in 10 years, retailers posted a 0.2% increase in sales for the month of January. Home centers and retail stores did better than average. The average economist expected about a 0.1% increase, so that was slightly better than expected. However, this, the December number was worse than it was revised down, worse than it was uh, previously reported. Previously, it was a report of negative 1.6% growth in retail sales in December. Obviously, this is seasonally adjusted, so year over year. And that now has been revised down to 1.6% drop in December. So net-net, you had a 1.1% beat on the expectations for January, but a 0.4% disappointment for the revision in December. So overall, a fairly poor retail sales report. Auto dealers saw the biggest drop down 2.4% year over year, steeper discounts and fewer sales to rental car companies, hurt auto dealers overall. Stores that sell clothing and home furnishings also recorded lower sales. That's where the drops were focused on. Restaurants, pharmacies, grocers, and general stores that sell sporting goods and hobby items grew. They had sales that were higher. So overall, it just shows that the, re, the, the consumer is weakening. Now, are they weak? No. Uh, it's not a, a disaster out there. But what looks to be f a higher level of layoffs with initial unemployment claims now rising as opposed to trending down, which basically has been doing for 10 years, it's now been trending up for somewhere around six months. If you look at the the, the, the four-week average of initial jobless claims, we bottomed in September. September 22nd, it was at 206,000 jobs, jobless claim filed, and we hit a high in mid-February of about 236,000. Now, does this mean it's breaking out to the upside and layoffs are rampant? No, but the trend has started to increase uh, especially when you look at the the, the longer-term average, the four-week moving average, or something you, you you know really evens out the noise in this number, which can be kind of up and down from month to month, or sorry, week to week. Uh, but those higher layoffs are now feeding in to retail sales, uh, and ultimately 
the consumer is about 70% of the US economy and therefore you have an expectation for GDP growth by the Atlanta Fed to be somewhere around let's see I believe it was last time I checked it was about 0.5% and right now I'm pulling up it's 0.2% so the current quarter estimate by the Atlanta Fed GDP now figure is 0.2% year over year growth so when I talk about the economy slowing this is what I'm saying it's slowing from where we were last year we don't have those tailwinds of uh, tax cuts and that's another reason why you're seeing the markets become a lot more volatile now this is invest talk I'm Justin Klein and I understand that many investors can experience fear as well as greed you know when they're ins when you're unsure of your portfolio and how much money is at risk you start to worry. And you may, based on various factors, you may not know whether you are set for retirement or on track for retirement or financial freedom, as we like to call it. And my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. What this allows us to do is understand you as an investor. Are you conservative? Are you moderate? Are you aggressive? And then what we do for our listeners is we say, okay, Let's see your portfolio. What are the what does it consist of? What type of stocks, mutual funds, bonds, ETFs, etc.? And then we can say, well, you're invested, maybe like your risk score, to conservative compared to your risk score, to aggressive, and then we can have a talk whether you should be that way. Right? Because just because your risk score is one thing doesn't mean you have to be invested like that, but for the most part, it usually makes sense for most people. So that's kind of how our portfolio reviews work with our clients and listeners. And we try to help you develop a path to the right strategy that puts you on the path to your goals. Now our show is well underway and we're taking your questions live. So I want to hear from you. We have about, what, 12, 13 minutes left in the show. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk listeners and KPP clients alike are invited to take advantage of the many products and services of KPP Financial. For example, the InvestTalk radio program and its podcast replays, the new online training experience, InvestTalk Academy, and the KPP premium newsletter distributed to subscribers each Friday. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open now, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. My name is David. I'm pretty new to investing, and you kind of answered my first question like two seconds ago when you were talking about like artificial intelligence investing for you. I have a Fidelity Go account, and I guess I'm going to contribute less to it because I don't want to contribute to any kind of, you know, amplified swings in the market. Anyway. That being said, do you think like Robinhood, if I kind of redirect a lot of my capital and stuff to like Robinhood app for a beginner, do you think that's, I don't know, do you think it's a legit app? Because I have a couple things and it's going well so far, but um, yeah, what do you think? Anyway, thank you. All right. Well, there's some pros and cons of the Robinhood app. Obviously, the main sales factor that anyone typically looks at is the fact that commissions are free right, to trade stocks okay 
Whereas you know, Fidelity charges $5 a trade, Schwab, TD, you know, $5 to $7 a trade. And you don't need any minimums to invest. You can, I think you open an account with $5, I believe, which I guess that's a minimum, but pretty easy for most people to get over. Uh, it's pretty user-friendly. And you can execute different types of trade orders. Now, how does Robinhood make money? That's first is what you need to understand. Is how does Robinhood make money? First off, is they make money on the cash that you have sitting in that account. You know, almost any portfolio has some level of cash, whether that's 0.1%, 1%, 5%, 10%. There's some level of cash in there. And instead of earning uh, much interest on that, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they earn uh, interest on the cash that's sitting in that account. So that's one way. Also, they sell off your order flow. So what you should never, ever, ever do uh, in the Robinhood app is to place a market order. You always want to place a limit order because a market order means you're likely not going to be filled at a great price because they're going to earn, they're going to make a, a spread of some kind typically or they're going to get some sort of compensation for flowing your order through to high frequency traders. Okay, so they, they have a business model, they are making money and in some ways It costs you money. A lot of it's unseen, right? Because the fill that you get on a purchase of a stock or a sale of a stock might be a penny off, but you would never know it, right? But that penny, uh, 100 shares, is a dollar, or 500 shares is five dollars, right? And that can cost you. So you always want to create a limit or a limit order, and then the cash in, the, in there. You don't want to just have cash sitting in that account. You want to be earning higher interest if you aren't going to use it relatively soon. So Robinhood's fine. Uh, it's good for those who have a small amount of money uh, and don't need any research, right? Uh, you know, we use TD Ameritrade for managing client accounts and you know, Schwab and Fidelity are good and there's a lot of research tools that they offer, kind of the, the higher priced or uh, traditional full service brokers. And Robinhood is just not that. It's strictly there to be easy to use and free trades, etc. But you're not going to get much insight from them on the companies you're investing in or the ETFs you're buying or mutual funds you're buying, etc. So it has its place, uh, but it's typically for those who are just starting out and don't want to spend $5 on commissions because guess what? $5 of maybe a $1,000 account is a big percentage, but $5 on a $100,000 account is a very small percentage for the level of data and security uh, that you get and the fact that you get good fills with a company like TD or Schwab or Fidelity. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein and the year seems to be moving as fast as the market these days and for you there are certainly plenty of investment questions to consider, to ask, and we hope you bring your questions to the show today. We're moving into our last segment. So we have about nine, 10 minutes left remaining in today's program. And you can get your question in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, just 10 stocks accounted for 25% of the 10-year bull market return. 
That story tomorrow. But now, Justin is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Cherie in Fremont. He's asking about treasurydirect.com, correct? It's uh, .gov. <clears throat> okay, yeah, .gov, I apologize. No problem. What is your so, question yeah, about it? I have a question on that. Basically, are you familiar with that site, and is it uh, something where we can, because my coworker was talking about it, I'm not quite, un- I didn't understand what he was referring to it, but he said something where we, uh, put in $100, and then they have auction go that takes place every four weeks or so. People will borrow that $100, and then based on that uh, auction, I get some interest on that $100. Are you familiar with this website? Yeah, I am familiar with it. And, you know, this is about buying government treasury bonds, notes, uh, savings bonds, etc., and I know there's some some different options that you can can invest in. Uh, it, it's going to be very low interest rate, uh, very safe, right? Because you're buying treasuries, uh, safe in, in 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 the fact that your principal will uh, will will likely come back. Uh, so if you're looking for something like that, uh, typically there's holding periods as well. Uh, I'm not sure about if you want if you want to sell your positions, how that's done. Uh, I'm not frankly sure about that. But uh, it's a legit website that you certainly can uh, purchase government securities from. Got it. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. that, that is what I wanted to find out. All right. Thanks okay. a lot. Great. No problem. Thanks for calling. That was treasurydirect.gov. And if you're a very conservative investor, not a bad way to increase your exposure with to get some interest. Now let's talk a little about Elliott Wave and the current market. Now, it is my belief that we are in a bear market. I've been saying this for the last four, five months now, uh, really since the start of the major downturn uh, in October. And just like any bear market, there is going to be vicious rallies. Uh, Typically, some of the best rallies come in bear markets. Now, the big question is, where will the bear market bottom? And when will the bear market bottom? Now, I've been talking to listeners and clients saying that this is likely going to be a more drawn-out bear market. That's 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 my belief. Uh, it's our belief at KFP Financial that this isn't going to be your 18-month decline like you saw back in the fall of, uh, sorry, back in 2007, 2009, right? That was October high uh, of 2007 to March low of 2009. Very quick, intense bear market. Now, this one is likely to be longer in duration. But the pattern of how they progress are are typically very similar. And what I'm talking about is an Elliott wave pattern. And there's typically five waves of an Elliott wave pattern. Now, wave one is the initial downturn or upturn. you can go both ways. But in the bear market, you have the first wave, and we saw the first wave, and that was the peak in October to the low in December. Okay. Now, if you go back to 2007, you had the same thing, peak in October, but the low was actually in, the first low was actually, you could say it was 
in January, but it really hit a nice, decent pivot in March. So it was about a six-month downturn. And then you had a rally into about April back in 2008. Okay. Now we've seen this rally, and are we going to rally until April? I don't think so. I think it has a few more weeks at most uh, left into the next down, down phase into wave three. So there's initial one. We're in the midst of initial uh, or phase two, wave two of the Elliott wave pattern. And the third wave of Elliott wave is almost always the longest. This is in fact, to be a true Elliott wave, five-wave pattern, the third wave needs to be the longest. And that means that the downturn is the most intense in the third wave. Then you get a little bit of a rally, and then you get back, you, you roll back over into the fifth final wave, which tends to be not quite as powerful as the third, and people start to capitulate, everyone's fearful, and then the bear market's over. Now in 2007, you saw that downturn from April into October, uh, sorry, November of 2000, sorry, not 7, 2008. You had a little rally in December and then the final wave into March. And so that's kind of what those look like and I expect this to happen relatively soon into 2200 on the S&P. Now I'm Justin Klein and this completes another Invest Talk program and I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Now tomorrow's a new day and you have a lot, we'll have lots of market events to talk about and questions to answer. So please come back to us. Have a nice evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.